At last, a good news story on the country because it's been a bit tough in the last week or two, month or two. Emma Higgins joins us. She's Rabobank's senior dairy analyst and this was a good result. I'm talking about the global dairy trade auction, obviously, overnight, Emma. Uh, it lifted substantially. What are we talking? 5% for whole milk powder, 53 2.7 uh, for the GDT index. This was probably going against some or what some experts were picking. Yeah, look, it was great news for our dairy farmers overnight, and it did surprise me, but in a really pleasant way. I think the way to summarise this GDT auction result, Jamie, is that we're certainly on the commodity price roller coaster right now, and we're just undertaking a few twists and turns. I think it's too easy to, uh, sorry, too early to say that we're heading on the upward trajectory again, um, but certainly there's no doubt about it. We will take that win because almost all commodities saw that bounce in prices, except for skim milk powder prices. They dropped below the US dollar $2,300 per tonne mark, which does pull those average prices skim back to 2019 price levels, and it does erode all those gains that we've seen in skim milk powder over the last few years. But Good news for whole milk powder prices bouncing back above that US dollar $2,700 per tonne mark. Uh, and we will absolutely take that win, especially right now with, with carving going on and some pretty soggy paddocks as well. Yeah, exactly. I think for farmer sentiment, if nothing else, it was a really positive result. Are you brave enough to say we've seen rock bottom? You're, you're talking about not bouncing necessarily back up. You're not game enough to say, make that prediction. But have we seen <laughs> the bottom of the market, Emma? Look, I think we've got reasons to be positive, uh, but there's also a couple of elements of caution as well. So I just want to talk to a couple of those. Right now, reasons to be positive are that at these price levels, it's a real buying opportunity for many regions. There's plenty of product available and affordable prices means that we're seeing very broad-based demand emerge on the GDT. And some examples of that are Southeast Asia really jumping in and doing the heavy lifting overnight for whole milk powder and anhydrous milk fats. We saw the Middle East take largest volumes of cheese, and Central and South America actually purchased uh, second largest volumes for AMF as well. So lots of different regions in the mix there. And that's really great because we're clearing products and it's going to multiple regions. Longer term, why I am positive, it comes back to the global milk supply growth picture. So it's cold comfort that other farmers are also feeling pain, but that's the reality. And we're seeing that translate in terms of less milk coming out of the Northern Hemisphere. There's all these themes happening, but basically it comes down to variable weather. We've got tight margins. We've got fewer hooves on the ground or in barns. And we've got weaker yields happening as well. And ultimately what we think is that over the next 12 months, we are going to see milk production growth from major exporting regions well below average levels and that could bode well in terms of perhaps a whiplash in prices moving upwards, um, particularly from quarter one next year. So look, markets right now are waiting for New Zealand milk production to peak. It will be a tale of two islands, I think, this season, with the north really struggling to match last year's numbers, although the South Island, I think, will beat it. 
uh, in terms of last year's production volumes. And that's really what markets are waiting for right now is that spring flush. Um, but, Jamie, there's still an element of caution when it comes to our major marketing region, which is China. Uh, supply certainly is still growing, demand is still tepid, and it's not enough to offset that growth. Yeah, and the same thing applies to red meat. We might, if we get a tick, get a final comment on that one. But I, I want to ask you about this, the correlation between the price of oil and the price of commodities, especially like soft food commodities such as uh, dairy and meat. There's two There's two things there. There's uh, talk of, well, there is. we know there is a correlation, but B, a lot of those oil-producing nations and I'm talking about in the Middle East and in Africa, now have more money to spend on our products. Yeah, and we've seen that come through in the GDT as well in recent months, right? Going back to that broad-based demand, the Middle East certainly has been there. So you're right, there's that correlation between crude oil prices and, and particularly home powder prices. So just overnight was the uh, Brent crude price just lifted above the US 90 bucks per barrel mark. Um this is really related to production cuts coming out of Saudi Arabia, which has helped to really tighten that supply availability. Um, what we tend to see, yeah, broadly speaking, is that it does, with these high prices, does support economies in those energy-producing nations. But the challenge, Jamie, is that it does raise costs in other areas when it comes to production costs. And it does shift that balance of power when it comes to demand trends too. So good but also a little bit challenging when it comes to production costs. You're a proteins analyst. Talk to me quickly about red meat, because it would appear to me that the red meat prices in a lot of ways have mirrored the dairy prices heading down. Yeah, they have. And again, that just comes back to the, the reliance that we've got on our major markets. Certainly it is our largest destination when it comes to sheep meat, and it's a really important secondary market when it comes to beef as well. Um, and that's really why we've seen those schedule prices dip lower, um, although when it comes to beef prices, we have seen them starting to track upwards again over the last month, and they are back in line with five-year average prices. Um, sheep meat is a little bit more challenging because of that reliance on particularly China, but also we know that out of Australia, we've got large volumes coming from across the ditch, it's looking for a home and it is uh, unfortunately resulting in weaker prices for our exporters and therefore the farm gate schedules just here locally. So certainly some challenging times ahead. Uh, still for our producers out there, whether it is dairy, whether it is red meat, um, the good news we think is that we're starting to see that rebalance take place particularly on the dairy side within China, um, but it will take some time and we have pushed that rebalance time frame into 2024 as I foreshadowed on an earlier call with you, Jamie. Yes, exactly. It's like Rachel Hunter's hair. Uh, it will happen, but it won't happen overnight. Where did I get that from, Emma? I'm not sure. On that note, I'll bid you farewell. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Jamie. I think you nailed it. I think it was her palm olive ad. So oh, thank well you. Bye-bye.